Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Up, Radiant Church. Are you glad you're a church today? Oh, I think we can do better than that. Are you glad you're a church today? It's a big deal. It's good to see all of you guys here. And if I haven't had a chance to meet you, my name is Aaron Burke. I'm the lead pastor here at Radiant Church. And we are one church in multiple locations. We got our St. Pete location and Heights and Brandon here at South Tampa. Those that are online, we're glad that you're with us today. And if uh, you are with us for the very first time, we want you to know you're in the right place. Welcome. You could have done anything with your time, but you came to church or maybe you're watching this right now online. And you're, you're making a good decision. I believe God's going to speak to you today. And we want you to know that we're proud of you. So Radiant Church, I know your location pastors have already done it every location. Let's Let's just do it one more time. Can we give it up for our guests that are joining us today? It's a big deal. All right, take out that app or take out those sermon notes. We are in part three, the finale of a series we are calling Daddy Issues. And we've been working through all your issues and you've got a lot of them. Some of y'all are sitting next to your issue right now. And we have been walking through these issues that we all have. Not because our parents were bad people, but because they were humans, and humans make mistakes, and so we are kind of the byproducts of that. So we're working through a lot of these struggles, and the way we do is we've been looking at the life of Jesus. We have two interactions throughout the scripture of Jesus um, interacting with his heavenly father, and we see his heavenly father speaking verbally over him only two different times. One of them is in the baptisms of Jesus, so that's before he started ministry. The other one's in what's called the transfiguration of Jesus. It's three years into his ministry, kind of the pinnacle. And both times we see throughout the scripture where God the Father spoke over his son and he said the exact same thing twice. Let me show it to you. Mark chapter one during the baptism, it said like this, just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice came from heaven. This is God the Father speaking to his son says it like this, you are my son whom I love and I am well pleased. Now we have three years later at the transfiguration, God speaks verbally yet again. He could have said anything over his son, but he said the same thing twice. And look what he said again. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love and whom I am well pleased. Pleased. Again, we have God the Father speaking over his son the exact same thing twice. Why? Because it's what every child needs. And I would say to you today, all of your daddy issues are wrapped up in the fact that you didn't get one of these three things in your life. So let's write them down one more time before we finish up this series. He said, you are my son, which means he, we all need acceptance. We've all been rejected one time or another. So we need to find acceptance then he says this phrase, whom I love, and that is what we talked about last week. We talked about our need for affection. I said a lot of you guys are looking for love in all the wrong places last week. So if you know some people who are single or going relationship to relationship, they need to look at that message last week. It'll help them out. I was shocked by how many times that got shared. I guess that's an issue that we all deal with. And then today, I want to talk to you about this phrase, and whom I am well pleased. It's a need you have in your life, which is affirmation. We all need affirmation in our life. And here's what it is. I would say the root issue 
of whatever you struggle with when it comes to relationships, when it comes to your insecurities, your life is all rooted in the fact that you look for those three things in a human. But here's what I wrote in your notes. Our greatest needs are fulfilled partially in people. So you can find it in your spouse, you can find it in your kids, you can find it in your parents, but you can only find it perfectly in God. And so I want to help you realize that, man, what you've been looking for has been found in God. So we, we find our acceptance in him. We find our love in him. And today I'm going to help you realize that the, uh, the affirmation that you need is found in him. And I titled today's message a title that I believe you'll never forget. Write it down in your notes this way. It's simply living for likes. Living for likes. February 9th, 2009 is a day that changed the entire world. I want you to think about what you were doing on February the 9th, 2009, 11 years ago. It's a world, time in a world that everything changed and it wasn't a terrorist attack that happened on that day. It wasn't the inauguration of a new president. The stock market didn't crash. It wasn't some war that was started. But I would say what happened on February the 9th, 2009 changed everything and still affects your life today. And here's what it is. All right, you ready? You're leaning in. This is what happened on February 9th, 2009 that changed everything. It was when Facebook released the like button, ladies and gentlemen. The like button was, there was a world before the like button, by the way, where you would go on Facebook and you would just talk to people. You would connect with your friends. That was why it was established. But there was a group of people that got around and realized there was a need that wasn't being fulfilled in all of our lives. And it's a need for affirmation. We all need it. We all need you to like me. We all have this desire, don't we? Like I put on my outfit today, I put on this shirt and I wore this shirt and I got in front of the mirror and I go, I hope they, I hope they like me. I do, I hope you like me. I, like I, I arranged this message and put in some jokes and I was like, you know what? I hope you, I hope you like me. Like I, I know some of you ladies, y'all bought a new outfit and you're walking in front of your spouse like seven times. And what are you looking for? You're just wanting them to, just to like me? Like, I just want you to, like, I, I've, I've done this so many times where I'll preach a message and I'll get around some people and I'll, maybe I'll be kind of frustrated and don't think it went really well. And so I'll get around some people and go, so man, that message, huh? Yeah, anything, you know? And what am I waiting for? I'm just waiting for someone to say, you know what? Hey, it was a good job. You did a good job. Here's the problem is we have created a whole world that thrives for the likes. Thrives for the likes. I posted the picture 15 minutes ago. It was up to 30 likes. Man, I think once I get through this message, it's gonna be awesome. Maybe it'll get to 35. It'll be maybe 40. That'll be the most likes I've ever had. Like, I, I can't wait. Like, if we got to 40, that's, that means I'm really satisfied at 40 likes right there. Don't, 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 you don't have to claim if it's you, but you know there's a whole world out there that'll actually post a picture. And, and, and you don't have to admit it. Okay, this is true. I, I understand. But they'll post a picture and then they'll wait a few minutes. And if it doesn't get enough likes, <laughs> they'll take it down. You don't have to admit it, but I know you've done it. You, we've all had this moment where we've done, I actually remember my, when my daughter Elise was born, she was born on a Wednesday. And so I went in the office a couple days later. So I posted a picture of her online. 
So one of our staff members walked up to me and was like, oh man, I'm so excited for you. I can't, I'm so excited about the new baby. I saw the picture. Wow, that had a lot of likes. What? How is the birth of my child and the comparison of the likes the thing that is the win of my child being born? Like it was, it was a win because of the likes. And what we've done is we've created a whole culture that is dependent on the fact of, do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like what I've done? Is this the right filter? And what it's done is it's created a world where if they don't get the affirmation from other people, here's what it's actually done. It's created social isolation, anxiety, worry. There's a whole mental health studies that are out there today of how people are falling into depression and even attempting suicide because they don't get the likes that they want in their life. Houston, we've got a problem. And here's the issue. Here's the issue. Listen, it is very normal, if you're taking notes, it is very normal to want to be liked by people. It's just very normal. It's very normal to want to be liked by people. But let me just say it very clearly. It is dangerous when you need to be. Whew, that's good preaching right there. It's dangerous when you need to be. When you live in such a way that you need to be liked, it is, man, it's the thing that fills me. And if nobody says it to me, then I actually get depressed and get angry and get sad. That is a dangerous place for you to live. The Bible says it this way in Proverbs. It says it like this. The fear of man will prove to be a snare. You know what that means? The word snare right there is another word for a trap. You, you care so much about what people think. It is a trap for your life. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. You can experience safety if you'll go off of, instead of caring so much about what people say, learning to care about what God says about your life. So I want to help release you from this trap. Now, I know there's a whole group that's listening right now, and they go, Aaron, I, I don't even care about social media. I don't care about those things. I'm not living for likes. I would say whether you're on social media or not, we all have a desire for this, what I call approval addiction in our life. So here's what the fact is. Write it down your notes. You can't get delivered as long as you're in denial. So if you want to get delivered today from this world of caring what people think, I want you to know, you've got to learn to be open for this message. And I think God will transform you. So I had to do a little therapy in myself because I, again, has struggled with this. It's an issue that I have that I think we all have. So I made a confession, and I want you to see it right there in your notes because we're going to say it together. This is my confession I wrote down. It's simply that what people think about me, it matters too much. And I'm telling you, I think we all have this issue. Can, so can we confess it together? Can we be a church that like removes the mask? Not, not that mask, but like removes like the, the fake mask. <laughs> That's funny. And, and just get you to, to confess this together. Ready? What people think about me matters too much. Say it one more time because some of y'all didn't say it and you need to say it. What people think about me matters too much. And here's, here's why. I want your attention for just a second. Because where God is taking some of you guys in leadership, the, the platform he has for you, the business he's got for you to run, the influence he has for you to, to oversee. With that influence and that leadership, you cannot deal with the, the approval of man addiction that is on our society and be effective where God's taking you. So if you don't learn how to deal with this issue in your life and learn how with your life, I am not here to please people, I'm here to please God. If you don't learn this strategy today, then you'll never get to the place that God has for you. Can I hear a better 
amen than that today, church. Here, here's what I believe. Write it, write it down your notes. That if you live by the praises of men, you'll die by their criticisms. Here's, you'll, you'll, you'll be so wrapped up in what people think about you that as soon as they stop thinking about you, you'll die. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to live in such a way that you're free from this desire to care about what people think. And just go, I'm here to please God. I'm here to please God in my life. And, and it's a level of leadership. I would say this to somebody. You've probably been delayed in getting to the promotion God has for you because God knows if you got there, you care way too much about those people he's calling you to lead. That you actually, you can't lead them if you need them. You can't. You, God, you can never take them where God wants you to take them if you're constantly needing them to affirm you all the time. So what I have to do is, even as a pastor, of your, I love it. I love you guys. You're the most affirming. You celebrate me. You, you validate me all the time. But I just want you to know, I don't need that in my life because I know who I am in God and I know where God's taking me and whether I, I'm called to lead the critics and the church at the same time. So I'm not gonna be led by either. I'm gonna be led by God. And you gotta learn how to do the same thing in your life. Can I hear a better amen than that? today, church. Galatians says it this way. This is Paul talking. Look at the, the beast of a leader. He says, now, am I not trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Can I ask you that question with your life? Who are you trying to win the approval of? Am I trying to please people? If I was trying to please people, he says it this way, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. In other words, I'm not going to do anything effective if I'm trying to make everybody happy. Some of you guys, you've made it your life mission to make the people in your life, everybody happy around you. How's that working out? It doesn't work very well. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to find freedom today and the approval of people and find it in the approval that's given by God. The affirmation you want so much in people is not found in what people can do. It's found in who, knowing who you are in God. So how in the world does Jesus, who we celebrate so much, but during his time was criticized so much, how does he stay laser focused on the mission God has for his life? How? I think it's very simple. At the beginning of his life, and at the end of his life, he was listening to what the father said about him and he understood who God said he was. And until you know who God says you are, then you're always gonna be steered towards all these other opinions over your life. So I'm gonna help you today figure that out in the next few minutes that we have together. I broke it down into three areas. Write it down in your notes this way. Simply the first one is this. When I am confused about what God says about me, I become consumed with what man says about me. I don't know if you've ever done this, but I get to a place where if I'm not secure in who God says I am, then here's what I do. Then I'm, I'm, I'm fishing for compliments. You know those people, they're like, they're fishing for it. They're, they're wanting it so bad. They're, they're honestly, it's kind of awkward how much they're kind of begging for people to, to show them. I mean, I'm doing a good job. And where does that come from? The insecurity comes from the fact that they're looking for validation from people that you're never called to get the validation from. You're not called to get it from people. You're called to get it from God. That is why, Radiant, that's why we are students of God's word. You know why? Even today, Sunday morning, I, like I'm, I'm having to preach. I get to preach. It's like the joy of my life, but I've got to study the message and I'm waking up early and we've got a lot of stuff behind the scenes that happen. But even before all of that, the very first thing I do, I open that little Bible app and follow along and do my Bible reading plan every single day. Why do I do it every single day because I know there's going to be a lot of people that have an opinion about my life. Everybody else has got an opinion of where I should go, what I should do, what I should speak on. And what matters most is what does God say about my life? 
What does God say? When's the last time you pause for a little bit and go, I know grandma wants me to do this, and I know my boyfriend wants me to do this, and I know those people want me to do this. What does God want you to do? And I want, I want you to know, you will always be consumed with what man says if you're confused about what God says. But God's word is written in black and white right here in scriptures. He is not confused about what he thinks about you. That's why we got to get into God's word. When you feel empty and you feel dry and you feel frustrated, be a student of God's word. John 6 says it this way. I love this verse. It says it this way. The spirit gives life. Where do you find that life? Where do you find that affirmation? The spirit. Holy Spirit. He says the flesh counts for nothing. So people, people's words are empty. They count for nothing. But look what he says. The words I have spoken to you. God's words. Look at this. God's words. This word are full of the spirit. And look at this. And full of life. You want to know what will feed you. It will help grow you. It will help you be all that God's called you to be. Get into God's word. Let it feed your spirit. And watch how you come alive to who God has called you to be. You see, because people will tell you things that are contrary to God's word. And the only way you'll know it is you'll have to compare it to something. So you're comparing it to the loudest voice in your life or comparing it to God's word. So you say, well, you're a failure. No, God's word says I'm not a failure. No, you can't overcome that. God's word says I'm an overcomer. Well, I'm, a, I'm just, I'm a sinner. I'm a screwed up. No, no, God says I am the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Like, you've got to embrace who God says you are. I thought about this this last week. Think about this. I have never personally on TV seen a commercial about Rolls Royce. I've never seen a Rolls Royce commercial. Maybe you have, but think about it. I've never seen a commercial that, that was about from the company from the company Bentley. Like I've never I've never seen that. Now you might have. You might watch more sophisticated shows than I do. <laughs> but I, I've never I've never seen one of those. You know why I believe they don't run commercials the way other car businesses run commercials? Because they know their value. They're they're so set on their value. They're the most expensive cars you can buy. They're so set on their value. They go, listen, if somebody else doesn't recognize my value, that's their fault. It's not my fault to advertise to everybody how valuable I am. I, here's, their thing is, let's just be as valuable as we can be and watch how the product sells itself instead of begging everybody through advertisements, please buy us, please buy us, please buy us. I wonder if there's some people that you're on the cheap end of that thing going to everybody possible, look at this picture, Look who I am. Validate me, validate me, validate me. You should get in God's word and realize you are invaluable to God. You are an incredible masterpiece to God. You need to realize, find your value in him. You are something of incredible value. And when you realize that, guess what? You won't have to look for it in other people. Can I get a better amen than that today, church? Yeah. Write it down your notes this way. We don't need the praise of man when we realize that we are pleasing to God. You are pleasing to God. You don't need to find that in other people. Here's the second one. And this is a mindset shift if you're going to look for and find your affirmation in God. Here's the, the second one. It's simply this. Is I don't work for, from, I work from approval, not for approval. Say it again. I work from approval, not for approval. Let me tell you what this means. When you give your life to Jesus, 
When you make a commitment to follow him, at that moment, and some of you guys have not made that decision, you will today. We've had dozens throughout Tampa Bay make that decision today. But when you make that decision, something incredible happens. You go from being separated from God to being part of God's family immediately. And I want you to know this. You might not have ever heard this in your life. At that moment, you've never been more saved than you'll ever be in your entire life. And you'll, listen, there's nothing you can do after that moment to make God like you less or like you more than that moment right there. We are, we are approved by God in that moment. It's like my kids, my kids, uh, I've got four kids, eight and under. And so one of the phrases I use with them often is simply this phrase, Burks don't do that. Okay, so if you don't understand that phrase, uh, my name is Aaron Burke. So we, and our family name is Burks. So, so I would just say, Burks don't do that. So if the kids are drawing on the wall, I walk up to him and go, hey, listen, <laughs> I see you're drawing on the wall. I just want you to know, Burks don't do that. Like, that's just not what we do. We don't draw on the wall. You've never seen me do it. You don't do that also. So my son, he's uh, four and he's in this weird phase where he, uh, where I ask him to do something and his body just goes limp and he falls to the floor. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's so weird. Can you imagine if like that was what adults did in our life? Like, hey, can you send that email for me? No, and you just collapse on the ground. So he's in this weird face. So the other day I asked him, I was like, hey, go brush your teeth. And he just, like, it's weird. His body just contorts. And he, I, at first I was concerned. I was like, is this like a seizure or whatever? It's just a, a four-year-old boy. So I go up to him like, hey, buddy, um, Burks don't do that. We don't just collapse on the floor. That's, that's not what we do, all right? What I didn't say is, hey, until you learn how to stop collapsing on the floor, you are not a Burke. Do you get that? Hey, hey, until you act right, listen, you learn to act right and then you get the family name. That's not how it works. You get the family name because you're born into this thing. I just want you to know, when you become born again in the family of God, when you've surrendered your life to Christ, you don't work for some position. You automatically become approved before God. You get the family name, and now it's from that approval you work to be all that God has called you to be. Look how Jesus says it, John 15. He says, I no longer call you servants. Here's why. Because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. And for everything I have learned from my father, I've made known to you. In other words, you're part of the family now. You get the family name. Somebody needs to get a little bit of confidence that you've got the family name. And then he says, listen to this. He says, you didn't choose me. I chose you. By the way, that's good news for you today. You're in church today. God chose you despite the fact that he knew you. <laughs> like he knew every part of you. He knew the unedited, behind-the-scenes version of your life, and he still chose you. That's good news for you. And he chose you, and he looked at what he said. And not only did I chose you, I appointed you. So knowing all of your issues, I've chose you, and I've appointed you because I want you to know there's fruit that will come from your life that will last. This, this needs to be spoken over someone. You need the affirmation of God. Listen, you are not working for something. You are working from a position. You know what? I don't care if anybody else says it choose me, chooses me. God chose me. God's appointed me. My life will bear fruit because not because of something I'm aiming for, but because of something I know that I am right now. I am part of the family of God. And from that, I'll be all that God has called me to be. Can I hear a better amen than that today, church? 
You got to get this. Listen, the affirmation you need, you already have it in who you are in God. You just got to learn it. You got to know who you are. Here's the third one, and we'll close with this one. Simply the affirmation I've received when I read God's word and I hear who God says I am, that is the affirmation I am required to give. What if we became that church? That church that really spoke the word of God over people. I think we forget, and I want to remind you guys today, at every one of our locations, listen, when you're in your workplace, when you're, when you're uh, hanging out with friends, when you're around those family members, as a believer, I want you to know the way you speak about them, they take as the very words of God. You might be the only witness they ever see. You might be the only voice of God that they ever hear in their life. How are you, and here's what I want you to answer. How are you speaking about those people in your life? Are you speaking the affirmation that God has spoken over you? That same thing of I chose you and I appointed you and you're a masterpiece and you're a royal priesthood. When you read God's word, it's filled with life that brings you in. And I wonder if you're speaking that same life over the people in your circle. Proverbs 18 says it this way. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I wonder what's coming out of your mouth. What's coming out of your mouth to your spouse, to your kids, to your coworkers, to your boss, to your employees, to your teacher? What is coming out of your mouth? Because we are called to speak the very affirmation that God spoke over us. We speak over other people, and that is why Jesus was so effective in the words that he preached. Why? Because Jesus was just reiterating what God the Father had already said to him. And so as he heard it from God, he spoke it into the world that he was in, and things changed. What would happen if the church of Jesus Christ decided in a season of major division, major anger, major uh, just frustration, we would just speak life everywhere we go. Things would change. Things would change. I, I ran my first 5K about 10 years ago. I was not in good shape. I was about 40 pounds heavier than I am right now. And as I uh, ran this, I was determined to run the whole thing, three point, what, 3.2 or whatever it is, uh, miles without stopping. Like I was going to make it happen. So I show up to do this with a couple of buddies of mine. And, and so it's like 90 something degrees. This is in Pensacola. So I'm all excited. I'm going to run this 5K. And as I get up to go and run this thing, I make it the first mile. I make it the second mile. The, about two and a half miles in, they put like a table out on the road. And there's like a donuts stop. Like, <laughs> why? By the way, if you're planning a 5K, why are you putting donuts along the 5K line? That makes no sense to me. I always thought like, who stops at those things? Well, I did. Because it's like... <laughs> That's awesome. So I was at a place where I was so frustrated. I was so tired. I could not go on. So I stopped right there at the donuts. And I was like, you know what? I made a decision at that moment. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to walk the rest of the way into the thing. I'm just going to walk. Like, it's okay. I ran as much as I can run. I'm going to walk. I, I have nothing left in me. So as I'm starting to just walk, eating my donut, feeling sad for myself, it out runs this kid right behind me, and he's about 10 years old, kind of a little chunky kid, and he's just, I mean, like just running up behind me, and he, he's running there, and I'm like, I'm seeing him come alongside, I'm like, oh no, I can't let this kid beat me, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, this moment, but the kid comes up to me, he's like, hey, sir, he says, come on, we're almost at the end, I'm like, don't call me sir, I'm 25 years old, and I'm like, 
You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't demean me in this moment. He's like, no, no, it's the finish line's right up there. You can do it. And I don't know if it was something he said or maybe it's the pride of seeing this kid run forward. But at that moment, I, I just got this drive that I didn't have before. It might have been the donuts now that I think about it. No, it was just, I had this drive. And, and honestly, I think it was the affirmation of this kid. You can do it. You can run. You can make it. He's there encouraging me. He's like, come on, we'll run together. And here's what happens. Write it down your notes. Affirmation unlocks abilities in others. There's abilities that are in your kids. There's abilities in your coworkers. There's abilities in your spouse. There's potential in others, other people's that only is unlocked when we learn affirmation to speak God's words of life over people. So this kid does it and I take off and start running. And I'm proud to say not only did I run the rest of the way to the finish line, but I beat that kid. That's all that matters. You know what I mean? <laughs> what did it do? It unlocked the ability in me. And I want you to know this is what God's calling us to do as a church in a season where so many people are divided. Let Radiant Church be known as the people that speak the affirmation of God over other people. Ephesians 4.29, here's a verse to live by this week. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. Whew. You know what corrupting means? Things that tear people down. But only such as is good for the building up, if it builds up your marriage, if it builds up your coworkers, if it builds up your kids, builds up your church as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. You know what that word grace right there means? It's an empowerment. So when you speak life over people, what it does is it builds them up and gives them a grace to run the rest of the race. I want you to know this. There's people that are joining us today and, and you're, you're like me in that 5K. You're two and a half miles into the 3.2 miles and you're going, I just can't make it. We're nine months into 2020. I don't know how I can go on. I'm believing God is speaking some affirmation over some people today and you're gonna receive a grace today to go, I can move forward. I can finish this. I can do what God's called me to be. You need to receive the affirmation of God over your life today. Can I hear a better amen? than that today, church. Close with one story and then I'll be, I'll be done. I, was, I got saved at 16 years old. Went all in with Jesus, but like all of us, I had some issues to work out in my life. And so um, I was working those things out. And so I remember sitting down with my youth pastor at 17 years old. And I mean, I was like freshly like, oh man, just on fire for God, really passionate but uh, still had a lot of issues. And I sat down with him and I said, hey, Pastor Donnie, his, his, name, his name is Donnie. I said, he goes, I go, Pastor Donnie, I feel like I'm called to ministry, called to do something with my life. I said, uh, where do I start? And he's like, hey, well, if you're gonna start, you're gonna do ministry, here's the phrase. And it's a phrase I've taught for years. He says, start where you're at. So I was like, okay, well, what do I do where I'm at? He's like, you should lead a small group. It's funny how many people wanna be in ministry but not lead a small group. So it's like, it's a big difference. So I said, okay, I'll lead a small group. So I started leading a small group and had this you know, group of teenagers that I would work with. And I was, I was like my first thing of doing ministry. And I was so excited, I loved it. But I still had like a lot of struggles. So I remember one of my friends called me who was from my BC days. We say that's, that's the before Christ days. And I, he was not a good influence. We hadn't talked to him in a long time, but he called me and he said, hey, Aaron, there's a bunch of us that are going to teen night at Seville. Now, Seville and Pensacola is like the, the local club, and I had never been to a club in my life. 
And he's like, hey, we should go. We're going to all go to the teen night. We're going to be dancing until 1 a.m. It's going to be awesome. Now, I was an awkward kid. I was like, I am not going to go out there and dance. Like, I'm a weird kid. And, and he's like, no, it's going to be so fun. There's going to be all these girls. You need to come. It's going to be cool. And I knew it was wrong. Like, I knew I shouldn't do it. I was a leader in the youth group. And so I was like, I shouldn't do this. And I was like, but these guys are calling me. It sounds so much fun. And I don't want them to think bad about me and think I'm some holier-than-thou guy. I'll go and just hang out. And I remember getting to that place. It's a Thursday night. I'll never forget it. I went one time, and I can never forget it because it was crazy. But I remember standing there, and you're, you're just in line to go in this little club. I'm, I don't have a lot of club experience. So this was my experience. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, how did this? You know, I'm th- sitting there thinking, like, how did their parents let them out of the house in those clothes? You know, it's like, or lack thereof. You know, it's like... I'm having this whole moment. And then we get in there, and it's wild. I, I'd never been anything like that in my life. And, I, you know, I have to admit, I threw down a little bit of moves that maybe I didn't know I had until 1 a.m. And, you know, I, I, for some reason, the girls avoided me like a plague. So, <laughs> but I remember I, I went out and did this whole night with him. And listen, not put shame on you guys, because, listen, I'm not here to talk about that. The whole idea was that it was just something I shouldn't have done. So Sunday comes along, and I felt bad. I knew I shouldn't have done it. I knew it was inappropriate. I knew it wasn't where a leader would do. And so Pastor Donnie comes up to me. This is the first time. I'm, like, I'm as nervous as can be. Like, this is the guy that believed in me. He let me lead a small group. And he walks up to me. He goes, he goes Aaron, I need to meet with you in my office. I'm like, oh, no. This is it. Like, I'm going to get fired. Like, can you fire a small group leader? I don't know, but this is it. <laughs> so I go into Pastor Donnie's office, and he said, hey, I just... I heard that you uh, went to Seville the other night. And I said, oh, Pastor Donnie, I did. I, these friends called me and, and I shouldn't have done it. And I, 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 like, I'm starting to give him this whole like, reason why. And he's telling me, he goes, no, 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 Aaron, I'm not, I don't want to talk about that. I'm not, I'm not here to shame you. I'm not here to talk about that. He goes, I just want you to know, I think the reason you did that is because you probably didn't have a clear vision of what I think God wants to do through your life. He's like, he's like, listen, whenever you have those kind of temptations to go with what people want you to go with and do sometimes things, that's going to happen the rest of your life. But you've got to get a better picture of where I, I think God wants to take you because then God's opinion becomes way more important than their opinion. So let's not talk about the club. Let's talk about what God can do in your life. And he spent the rest of that time in that office on that Sunday morning with me sitting across on the table saying, I can see you preaching. I can see you leading an incredible ministry. I can see you being a world changer. He spoke life into me. And what did it do? It drove me to go, if that's what God thinks about me, then why would I care about what these friends think about me? And it helped me be all that God has called me to be. I want you to get this. Listen, people tend to become what the most important people in their lives believe that they can become. That's a great line right there for you to live by. And here's why I think we need to understand. We need to understand that we are called to be that affirmation to so many people in their life. I I don't know if I'm the most important person in your life. I would like to think that but I do think I am an important person in your life. And I think God wants me to speak over you for the next couple of minutes that we're here together and just let you know that what he's got in store for you in the future is way better than what you've gone through in the past. Why don't you just take a second? Why don't we just stay at every location? Why don't you just stand to your feet? I want to speak God's word over you. I want to speak his word over you that some of you guys, you, you, maybe you've never felt it. Maybe you've never experienced it. 
Maybe you've never been affirmed in, in who you are in Christ. I want you to know, as soon as you made that decision to give your life to Jesus, you've never been more forgiven than you were right there. God is on your side. God has got your back. God chose you. He formed you. He's fashioned you. He puts you together exactly the way you are. You are weird on purpose because God has a unique calling, a unique gifting, a unique plan for your life. You go, well, I don't fit in. That's because you're called to be part of a greater family, a greater group, a greater anointing. You say, well, I just feel like I don't know where I fit. I want you to know you're called to make a difference. God is on your side. Believe it over your life. Receive it over your life. And I believe you'll walk into all that God has for your life. Come on, let's sing it out together, you guys. God is for you. God has chosen you. He knew your issues. He knew your mistakes. And he still put his finger on your life. I want you to know, someone needs to be affirmed in the fact that that calling that you have is not over. The calling of God in your life will come to pass. Even, because, even throughout your mistakes and your struggles, and you go, there's no way out of that. God says, no, 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 I'm, I'm on your side. I'm a God that can take all things and turn them around for the good. You are a child of God. I want to speak it over somebody in here today that has some daddy issues. He says, you are my son. You are my daughter whom I love. Well, nobody else has told me they love me. God says he loves you. And he says over your life today, I am well pleased. Some of you guys... He's so pleased that you just haven't quit. Everybody told you to quit. Your friends quit. The family quit. You didn't quit. God is pleased with your life. Receive that today. So another group, I just want to close with this. And you are at one of our locations today and you don't have a relationship with God. I want you to know you can. Sin divides us, separates us from God. But Jesus on that cross paid the ultimate sacrifice for your sins and for mine. So what do we do about that? We make a faith decision to surrender our life to him. And here's what happens when you do that. When you surrender your life, your sin to him, you become part of his family. You become part of the family of God. 
You receive the approval of God. You become a son or daughter of God. You can make that decision today. You go, I'm not part of anything. You can be part of God's family. Today's your day to surrender your life to Christ and everything will change. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to make a simple yet significant decision to give Jesus your life. How are you gonna do it? You're gonna throw a hand up in just a second. And as soon as I say one, two, three, you're gonna throw that hand up. You're gonna wave at me and say, Aaron, that's me. Today, I'm making a decision to follow Jesus, to give him my life, to give him my past, give him my future, give him my sin. I wanna be part of his family and he's gonna change your life as soon as you do it. Ready? On the count of three, if that's you, throw that hand up. One, two, three, all over this room. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for being bold. You can put that hand right back down. Thank you in the back. Thank you at every one of our locations online. Thank you for making that decision. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray this prayer. How about we all pray it out loud together at all of our locations. Say, dear Jesus, come on, say it loud. Dear Jesus, today, I wanna be part of your family. Forgive me of my past, my present, and my future. I give you my life, and I make a decision that I'm gonna follow you for the rest of my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, can we celebrate those that just made the best decision in their life? Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.